Mazda presents The Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle and Adam Wilde. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Gentlemen. Yeah. Hello. No. Yep. I'm not giving you a hoot. I'm not giving you a holler. I think I think the season deserves it. Out of the police. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, man. It was pretty good and enthusiastic. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You nailed that with the same enthusiasm that they did. Like, mm. <laughs> uh, I'm singing the song. Um, you nailed it with the enthusiasm of the Air Canada Center when Marcus Johansson ended the Leafs season. Steve, why do you have to bring it there? I know. Why are you going to be like that? You're right. You know, I haven't been able to watch your half an hour Odyssey uh, on the on the raving of the late season. Four hour, three part yeah. Lord of the Rings special. It's Peter it Jackson un- Dangle. It's unbelievable because the uh, the game reaction itself is just shy of twenty minutes. But then I tacked on seven minutes of bonus footage from throughout the years, mm-hmm. and you guys love cringy footage of me from when I was nineteen. It's my favorite, and it's chock full of it. But I'm looking. I uploaded that video 18 hours ago. Mm-hmm. It's 27 minutes long, 36,000 views. Wow. It's absolutely unbelievable. And there's a part in the video where I get a little emotional. And all day yesterday, people were tweeting at me going, oh my God, when you got emotional, I got emotional. I'm like, that's 17 minutes in. Wow. <laughs> that's 17 minutes into the video. You see, they're watching. It's good. Uh, apparently. It's, it's good. Uh, they're the best. Everyone... Podcast listeners, you are the greatest. people who watch the videos, you're the greatest, bar none. Iggy um, too. Don't forget Iggy. Iggy's yeah, also true. good. Uh, since you, Peter Jackson, did, I would like to Michael Bay it and go, what a great freaking year, man. Let's just exp- <laughs> let's just focus on the explosively awesome year that we just had. Wait, you want to blow up the team? <laughs> no. Can't blow it up. They, no. Oh, no, no. Okay, that's sorry. the M. Night Shyamalan. First, good- we're going to get Austin Matthews, <laughs> and he's going to be like, <laughs> and Miss Martin's going to be like, crawl. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, that's not a story. That's just a bunch of explosions. <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> um, you know, it was a great season. It it sucks that it, it ended that way, but it also didn't suck because here's the thing. What's the thing? I mean, yeah, you want it to go to Game 7. Yeah, you want the Leafs to win the series. Yeah. Um, however, five I, or six... I think that's it. Five or six games go to overtime. You're going to have, when that happens, especially a team like the Leafs who are snake-bitten in overtime, mm-hmm. you're going to have... Losses, like it really, like you, you can't go, you can't expect to go to two or three overtime games and not lose one of them. So they lost, and they lost to a team that I think, quite frankly, overmatched them in the end. Um, however, it wasn't the big gulf in between that people thought it was going to be. It wasn't the sweep? It wasn't the Caps in three. That series could have gone either way. It was the definition of a. Could have gone either way, series. Absolutely. The Leafs are doing, just so you know right now, um, press conference, uh, kind of end-of-year stuff. Austin mm-hmm. Matthews has already said he's going to work on his, he wants to work on his explosiveness for next year. Um, but he's not going to start skating for a little bit. He's going to you know, take, it, take some time, hang out with his family. And it's probably good. He's played World Cup and then regular season and then playoffs. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot. He's played about 100 games since he was drafted. That's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Is it more than that? I don't know. Okay, so it was 88 regular season in playoffs with the Leafs. Okay. He got, I don't know how many exhibition games. Mm. One or two. And then... World Cup? Six World Cup? 
Well, because there was pre-tournament as well, and then there was... Yeah, That's so right, they had a preseason games. to the preseason preseason yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they do play together. The season hasn't started, yeah. they're all cold in summer, but play. Yeah, here you go. Here <laughs> you go. Play. play. That's fine. Um, so he basically, like, wh- when you're freshly drafted, too, you basically don't get a summer. Mm-hmm. And it's... I don't know your most important he did time rookie to camp. be working. Yeah, you did rookie camp, which is like two weeks after getting drafted, and prior to getting drafted, there's the draft combine, and then there's the like. It's almost advantageous, I think, for draft eligible players to play in Europe, like Austin Matthews did, because the European hockey season, even if you make it all the way and win the championship, ends mm, usually in April. Steve, that's wrong. Is it? You're encouraging young Canadians to leave You're and right. go make actual money. Well, right. this well, the, well. There's a certain junior league here who's definitely not making any money and definitely can't play their players. Hey, do you want four hundred grand a year, or do you want this shiny two hundred bucks a day per diem or whatever Ooh. it is? That per diem is looking awful nice. It is looking. How pretty... many trips to Burger King can I make? Hey, hey, do you do you want to chill in Zurich or do you want to play for the Sudbury Wolves? <laughs> I don't think this is a hard decision, there, Johnny. Come. Come to nickel country. We have the world's <laughs> largest nickel in Sudbury, Ontario. There's a bunch of people in Sudbury right now going, hey, hey, dick. Yeah. <laughs> and fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> um, I get family in Sudbury, by the way. I did not know. Adam actually has a radio show in Sudbury. I do. Oh, yep. oh are you guys you syndicated? We are syndicated Ooh. in Sudbury. Sorry, and I the was- two. Making a point that I never ended up actually making. Their season ends in April, mm-hmm. whereas like, Taylor Hall, I remember when he was with the Spitfires, like he just didn't do any of the combine testing because he'd finished playing and had a bunch of injuries like less than a week before the combine. Yeah. And he's like, look, I'm Taylor Hall, man. Like you're either going to pick me first now or you're not. Yeah. But I'm going top five and it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I don't think this combine testing is going to make you pick Sagan above it, me or not. Like the NFL, it's like if you're first or second, it, it could cost you like a couple hundred grand, right? Whereas in the NHL, everybody gets the same contract. Mm. I'm not sure about that. Well, I mean, you could sign people to less, but um, it's not the it's not the it's not huge the gap cataclysmic that it is in other twenty million dollar oh. contract to a guy that's never even gone to training camp, right? Right, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, no. uh, so, uh, so the Leafs are uh, Brian Boyle has also said. I'm just I'm just trying to give you the Coles notes of the press conference. So There's Austin Matthews says much, he's absolutely yeah. exhausted. He says it's a real grind, and well, yeah, you would hope he's exhausted. Uh, Brian Boyle has said he wants to come back. Open to coming back. Not sure where everybody stands on the matter. And I'm sure that the Leafs don't fully know where they stand on the matter just quite yet. I'd love him to come back. Lou Lamorello was just on stage saying a pile of nothing. <laughs> it's so fun. It's so fun. Like, okay, I've been, uh, for, for some, I guess on World Star Hip Hop, they just have music videos, fights, and Russell Westbrook telling off the media. <laughs> yeah. And, and his press conferences and his answers are very short. So he says nothing with very few words. Lou Lamorello says nothing with lots of words. Yeah, <laughs> and it's really fun to watch because it'll be like it'll be like uh, I think they asked him. They asked him. They made the comparable. Of course, somebody made the comparable. The the Leafs, you know, need defense and the Hall for Larson trade. And and uh, Lou said, "Well, it's impossible to gauge the market because I've been through expansion years and things change." <laughs> And it's like, well, well, what do you say to that? <laughs> the one thing I got from the five minutes or so that we listened to before recording was he emphasized the importance of expansion. And he's been through expansion before. And I don't know. Just something about Lou Lamorello when he speaks makes me go, God, I'm so glad he's ours. 
I'm so glad he's ours. Like Brian Burke was so fun. That was fun. Mm-hmm. But there the, was the losing wasn't fun. The losing wasn't fun. But like I love Jim Benning because he's not my GM. Yeah, me <laughs> you too. know what I mean. Me too. I love him. I like Tim Murray. Not my GM. Not my GM. Not my problem. <laughs> no. Not the Pagula's problem either anymore. No, and even even the GMs of good teams who who say all kinds of like John Tortorella had a great year. He had a great year. Still needs to shut up. Mm-hmm. But I don't care. He's not mine. <laughs> you know, whereas uh, Lou just has a big old pile of nothing. By the way, wonderful. did you know that John Tortorella now is allowing his players to listen to whatever song they want before the games? Wait, wait. <laughs> Was that not a thing? Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently John is adverse to newer types of music. Uh, that's the rumor. And he's more of a fan of, surprise, surprise, rock from yeah. a bygone era. Now, me too. I love rock from a bygone era. I think a lot of us do. But Between the Rangers and Blue Jackets, <laughs> how much Emerson, Lake, and Palmer do you think Brandon Dubinsky yeah. has listened to? Over I'm going to play day? a song for you called Jump. Yeah. And yeah. I want you to really listen to how great this song It is a great song. But, you know, can you imagine having you, a guy that's that controlling? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, I would encourage you to look at, while we're on the subject of the Blue Jackets very quickly, I would encourage you to look at their record since the winning streak ended. Oh, is it bad? They're very average. They're very, very average. Very average. Well, they were like you think so about it when playoffs. they won. They were like when they were winning. They had, I think it was was it twenty? What were they? How many games did they win in a row? It was like twenty mm, 16? Or sixteen. But they 16. were they were something like twenty five five and four. Mm-hmm. They were oh they were absolutely ridiculous. Like nobody should have caught them. Well, Nobody. The question them. after that little streak was: They, uh, you can't maintain that. You no, obviously can't maintain. But that. when you have a streak that big, that's all you need. Normally, no one should be able to close the gap. But the the question was that they were certainly going to drop off. That was for yes. certain. How much? Well, the answer was apparently quite a bit. A little bit. Minnesota too. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Can you believe both those teams are gone? I can. I can. <laughs> Thanks, Pierre. Uh, I, I can. I can. <laughs> uh, the reason I felt <laughs> because like... Because their PDO is unsustainable! <laughs> I felt like they were... Done. I think both of those teams going into the into the playoffs felt a bit fragile. They just felt like they didn't... Whether or not they had the talent or not, I, and I'm not going to debate that right now, uh, You know whether that was luck, high shooting percentage, high save percentage, because that's what you need to win, is high shooting percentage and high save percentage. Jake Allen. Jake, Jake Allen, too. <laughs> Because uh, the Wild Pedro. did, the Wild did sort of outplay the Blues. Oh, they, they and outchanced them. They wiped the floor with them and lost in five. Um, it doesn't make any sense. Like, okay, would you? What would you feel better with? Like, let's assume the Preds beat the Blues mm-hmm. and the Blues are out in round two. Okay, what would you be happier with? The performance the Leafs had in six games mm-hmm. against Washington, or the performance the Blues had? In five games against the Wild. See, if if I were the Leafs, I'd be like, oh, because if oh if you had the record that the Blues had, well, no, if if the yeah, if this let's say the Leafs had beaten Washington, yes. but they beat them the way that St. Louis beat them, right? It'd be worrying. It would be worrying. Now, yeah. if you're St. Louis right now, you're like, again, house money, man. We just yeah. traded Shattenkirk. Like we're <laughs> that's unbelievable. Like we're 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 in it, and we got to the second round. House money, baby. House money, and we changed our head coach. 
Wow. And Jake Allen's back to form. Great. Whatever we get this year, great. Thumbs up. We're retooling. That's the way it is. Fine. Uh, So I think the Blues are happy with it. But if I was the Leafs and the Leafs had done the same thing the Blues had done, I maybe wouldn't be so happy about it. The Blues got through uh, with, like, Curtis Sanford in fewer games than uh, the Caps got uh, with Shattenkirk. It's unbelievable. Crazy, isn't it? The playoffs are stupid. Um, They are stupid. So let's talk about the end of this Caps-Leafs series. Obviously, Steve, you were there. (sighs) Yeah. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Man, that Austin, when Austin Matthews scored, you must have just... What a pop. Like, what a pop. There like, is th- nothing like that energy, right? Yeah. There, so, the ACC gets flack for being a little bit of a morgue, and it is. Because the Leafs were a morgue. Well, yeah. the, the Leafs team's were, a morgue, the yeah. arena's a morgue. It was fitting that the ACC was a morgue because the Leafs were a dead body for a very long time. And it reanimated this year. Mm-hmm. And what the ACC fills with often is silent... A nervous silence, mm-hmm. incredibly nervous silence that at any moment can equal any monster truck rally you've ever been to. The second the puck hit the stanchion, the, just I would love I would love to see like a decibel reading, of like from right when Riley dumped it in to the stanchion to ah he scored the one of the loudest pops I've ever heard, maybe just behind the gold medal goal. Mm-hmm. I'm serious. Ah, uh, Saskatchewan was pretty loud too. It, one of the loudest pops I've ever heard. And I, I kind of knew it was coming. You felt I, it? I felt it, and it was either late in the second or early in the third. Someone rang the puck around the boards, and it took a stupid bounce off the stand. Yes, off the it did. It didn't result in a scoring chance like that, but I was like, okay, okay, there it is. And then sure enough, Riley, dink. I never heard his quotes after the game. I would, If I was Riley, I'd be like, I knew. <laughs> I did that on purpose. I practiced that. I'm the hero. You're um, welcome. When Johansson scored and ended it. And ended it. Ended the mm-hmm. whole thing. Because uh, we don't need to talk about the goal in between. Yeah. It was a lucky goal. It doesn't really matter. Um, the feeling in there must not have been dejection. No. And, it, okay, a lot of Leaf fans were kind of masking... How much they knew Washington was going to win the series. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. it. like, even I was like, they can do it. And I'm like, they could if ha- they do it. It'll be a miracle. They could have done it. They could have no done question. it. could have gone either way. But it was like, it was like how Leaf fans went into the season expecting failure. Leaf fans went into this series expecting nothing. So the Kapanen uh, game was gravy. The Bozak overtime win was gravy. Um, but when Johansson scored, it was about a moment of swearing under the breath, and then, all right, well, they had a good season. They had a really good, ah, shoot. Like, I, I knew it was coming, uh, and it came later than I thought, so that's good. That's mm-hmm. good. People were great. Leaf saluted the crowd. Crowd cheered them on. It was perfect. I'm not going to lie. I sat in front of my TV for about 15 minutes in a mild depression. Uh, That's the worst thing about being at a devastating loss. You're like, oh, now I gotta leave. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. want to sit here and be sad. I got to Caprice like sat down beside me and like put her arms around me, gave me a hug, and like put her head on my shoulder, and I didn't move. And then she got up and went to bed, and I didn't move. Like it was just, <laughs> it was, it was like, because I think what it was was I remember that first night against Ottawa, and even though that was a loss. It was a four-goal game. I haven't reacted to a game like that in a very, very, very long time. And every moment from there, I mean, they've had their they had their rough moments in the season for sure. 
Um, yeah, but I, two games later. Yeah, two games <laughs> later. Uh, and three games later, and four games later as yeah, well. That's um, true. They had a very bad start. However, when you look at the way it all kind of wrapped up, it was a pretty magical season. Absolutely. Like, close to Disney movie stuff. That's what I wanted, man. <sighs> I, I know. I know. Well, and all season long, I've kind of been... We, you know, we toiled with all the all those little Marley's transactions and potential Marley's transactions for a long time because I kept looking forward to next year because that's what I programmed myself to do heading into this season because this season was going to be garbage. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't. So now that we are looking forward, it's very strange because I thought there were going to be all these big changes and now I look at the roster and what it did and I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't want to. I, I like I, all these yeah, guys. I, for the first time I looked at the team... And I think this is the first time since probably 2004 I looked at the team and said, I love this team. I'm genuinely oh, yeah. I'm genuinely attached to these players. Well, and it's who, a weird thing as a fan that you get, right? Oh, absolutely. You you get become attached. I'm attached to, I mean, I always liked Leo Komarov, but like I'm attached to him being a Leaf. It, you know, when James yeah. Van Riemsdyk is no longer a Leaf, and that's going to come in the next year, year and a half, um, that's going to be weird. It's it going to feel weird. If that is what happens, it's probably what's going to happen. Um, I think the Leafs are going to have to make a couple cold decisions this summer. Cold, I don't, I don't think it'll be popular decisions. I don't think it'll be hard for Lou Lamorello to do that. <laughs> no, exactly, and that's a, another reason why I love having him. I love having him. He he has no problem doing that. Um, Dude, I haven't traded players in video games because I had an emotional attachment. Yeah, right. Attachment to fictional, not real players. Lou Lamorello will, oh, how's your child? Oh, one week old. That's nice. Get that's out. too bad. Get out. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so we... I don't uh, know if that's actually... Since, since we're at the end of the season. Yes. All three of us. Mm. Mm-hmm. Best moment, favorite moment of the season. Ooh. Favorite moment. Hmm. Uh, four goals, mm-hmm. because we were all together in a theater watching it. Were we? No. No, we were not that at was, that. That was Mitch Marner. That was the second game. Were we not together for four goals? No, we no, were not. You're, I was we, watching at home messaging you guys going, ah! You're confused <laughs> because we saw another Ottawa game later in the season. Mm-hmm. We saw Curtis McElhaney's first game, which I'm sure you all remember just as well. Anyways, four <laughs> goals is my favorite moment. Uh, probably mine as well. I was going to say Curtis McElhaney's first, first game. Well, because we were in London. Well, we were in London, and it was... I just remember the relief settling over me like... Because oh, we thought this guy was a lemon. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> like we, I'm like, we, we. That solved a problem. That solved. It did a, you know? Like a lot of people still aren't convinced. Um, he did it though. He did, he did it. it. And whether he can do it again or not is immaterial. Exactly. He did, then. he did it then. He. Let's let's be honest. The Leafs got a little lucky with him. Mm-hmm. Who cares? He did it. Ah, oh, you gotta be lucky to be good. Gotta be lucky to be good. You gotta be good to be lucky. Cujo. Tabarucci. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love Don. Hurt. Um, I know it's E-Bear. I know it's E-Bear. Jeez, uh, um, the Centennial Classic was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Four goals was crazy. I, I'm like, that is obviously the best. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying, I mean, that's going to be everyone's favorite moment. You know, you know what's another great moment? The Connor Brown goal to put them in the playoffs. Game 81. Oh, that was really good too. Oh, that was so good. And there's um, going to be a lot we, we don't think. Like, um, um, Florida was fun. 
just because when, when they blew the four, Florida game, then they came back and won, and everything was fine again. Yeah, that was a good moment. <laughs> remember, remember, remember the abject depression we had on the show? Oh <laughs> my god, it was so ridiculous. Um, you know, the, another great one was Marner's first goal, and his mom missed it. Uh, oh, that was yeah. great. Yeah. And one that of the fun. best sellies of the whole uh, friggin' season. Um, you know what I loved, and this is selfish, but whatever. Um, the feeling I had making the first LFR of this season. Like, I actually, like, talked smack for the first time in years and, like, meant it and was confident in it. I'm like, get your jokes in now. Did you just watch that? Did you just watch that? They lost it, I feel, this brash. Like, you're you're going down. The Leafs are about to kill everybody in their path. I, uh... I didn't I, think it was going to be this season, though. Like, no, I didn't still... think so either. I didn't think so either. Well, here, here's the thing. I gave them... Personally, and I remember this. We had the conversation before the season started. This, the podcast before we said, "All right, what do you what do you give the Leafs?" And I think at the time I said, "Well, it's 50-50, but I give them about a twenty five percent shot." I think. I think. And that's Jesse what I said too. was like, "Nope, they're going to make the playoffs." <laughs> yeah, but I always say ridiculous things like that. I don't know how much value that holds. It doesn't matter. You got it. <laughs> well, I mean, if you said the Leafs were going to make the playoffs heading in, like, yeah, you would have been crazy. Well, been but crazy. also, like, no one would have really faulted you. If you were wrong, because that's what we all thought was we all they want. weren't going to make it. Yeah, I don't know. And then I, I and I like you know, and then going into the playoffs, I said Caps and six. As much as I love the Leafs, Caps and six. I did say Caps and six. I'm not stoked about that. By the way, my playoff bet in the Dangle family house, I guessed five series right. Mrs. Oh. Dangle guessed three. Iggy guessed three. Wow. So, Iggy's tied with you're my beating wife. a dog. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> my wife's not. Nah. <laughs> Mrs. Dangle is not. <laughs> um, you lost a d- uh, bet with Russian Machine Never Breaks, the blog. I did. So what, what's the bet? Because I know you've changed your avatar to... Actually, oh, it's crazy how much you and Ovi look alike. Like it's that's how what? dare you? I think that's actually, almost. I think that's almost you. Don't you think you, you can make sarcastic? a You can make that like well, not totally. Ugh. Hey, man, Ovi does okay. <laughs> they don't look alike. Though. Ovi's a millionaire person. If you look at from far away, it looks alike. No, I think it does. I am a white person with brown hair. Yes. <laughs> I, did I just racially profile you? You did. Okay, sorry, Frankly. man. How does it you? feel? Well, okay, I get. <laughs> how does it feel, dude? I get people sending me. You look like this person. You look like this person, and that's the one thing they all have in common. And none of them look alike at all. They don't even look related. But I'm like, well, Tavares, do with brown hair. Tavares, <laughs> do with brown hair. Or they'll be like, you got brown hair and blue eyes. That's nuts. You're not blonde? What? Uh. John Tavares, man. John Tavares? Yeah. Yeah, that's similar. I uh, I cut that from my 27-minute video. Oh. <laughs> the uh, the story I told when I when I held up my uh, program, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I got this program autographed by Kelly Rudy and Scott Oak. The story I told after that was uh, Kelly Rudy at the 2007 NHL Awards uh, walks up to me, and he just starts talking to me and just... Starts randomly asking me questions about how I'm doing, and yeah, yeah, you look like you're, you know, you're doing pretty well out there, and and I'm just like, does Kelly Rudy watch my fucking video? <laughs> like this, this was my first season, and uh, I very quickly realize, oh, he, wait, who does he think I am? And he just goes, oh, you're not him, are you? I go, who? He goes, John Tavares. I go. No, I'm no. not John Tavares. <laughs> so the, it, this was in 2007. Crosby so was in his sophomore year, just won the heart, and a 16 or 17-year-old John Tavares recorded a message 
for Crosby that was played on the video board. Oh. So I guess he was like, oh, John Tavares is here. That's amazing. Oh, he's not nearly as athletically built as I thought. <laughs> he's got some weight room training to do. Yeah. That, so there are questions a, about the fitness. Got a um, body like a bag of milk. Uh, what? That's uh, my new favorite term. Uh, okay, so you lost the bet, though. So you've changed your avatar. Yes. So it was just to the Russian Machine Never Breaks logo, which is Ovi's uh, black and white face with red around it. And then that confused far too many people. So it's the same thing, but blue. Blue. And I had to take a picture in like my Russian machine shirt and all my caps stuff around me, and I was very sad. You were, you made one thing a very a, an interesting comment before the series started, and I have to say it held true. Um, as much as the Leafs and Caps had their moments, and the fans had their moments, it was the most respectful exchange oh. I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, At I, the I, end I, of it, I was left going. I only, I kind of wish this was more nasty. Because now they need to be prepared for a nastier opponent. But remember and when it didn't was get that. the Leafs and Sens and how bad that could have been? Like That, that, that could have been bad. sliver of time where it almost was Leafs and Sens and, all, and already Twitter was at each other's throats? I was like, oh no. No, no, no. This After could be bad. the Columbus game, when it was confirmed it would not be Leafs and Sens, is when it picked up the most. <laughs> and I'm like, wait. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we're, we're not playing each other, guys. Like, What's, what's going on here? Um, uh, Caps fans were nice and... Uh, I and saw it was classy tweets from the Capitals themselves. Oh, loved them. it. And, uh, for the most part, I saw Leafs fans being very courteous to Caps fans. But my favorite thing, I saw this article. I want to say the Washington Post. Um, they wanted to interview the because uh, I think it was the game four overtime win. There were three Caps fans going yeah, like right at the front of the square in Maple Leaf Square. Yeah, I remember that. And watching that. I guess they wanted to be like. Oh my God! What happened to you after that? Because then you had to walk through a sea of Leaf fans, and they were like, "Oh, we got booed," and then a few people told us to go home, and like the entire comment section is just, "That's it, that's it." In Philly, you would have got your ass beat. In New York, oh my God, where the what the hell is this city? And honestly, the worst thing I saw was like a Leafs fan swear to Caps fan in Union Station, which that just happens every game, yeah. and. uh this guy held up a cap sign in Maple Leaf Square, and someone pushed it down. Oh, and there was just ruffians. I there tell was ya. there was a Caps fan that ripped out a "Make the Playoffs Great Again" and it had a Toronto Maple Leaf logo on it, and a guy grabbed it and ripped it down. Oh, in Washington. Oh, really? Yeah, but it's like funny. Oh, I didn't like the see guys laugh. Like the can, the Canadian oh. guys are laughing. Like, oh, that's nothing. Yeah, man. that's nothing. But I like that. Make the playoffs great again. Going into Washington, I think that's hilarious. Yeah, um, now. Now contrast that with in 2011 I was at a regular season game in Boston <laughs> and the person in front of me is like if you were sitting up there you'd get your ass kicked. I'm just like, "Oh, okay, cool." Yeah, right. Who are you cheering for now? Pittsburgh. I just hope both teams have fun, Jesse. Uh, I just hope I everyone overall, has fun in the Overall? Yeah. I'm stories, stories, right? Stories. Yeah. I think I think honestly the Leafs losing gave us the best possible scenario in terms of stories. A Pens Cap series yes is this is going to be probably the defining series of the playoffs, I think. Well, okay, I mean, like, so former Stanley Cup champion or the sorry, defending Stanley Cup champion against the team favored to win. Does it get better than that? It does not, but Devil's Advocate uh, got a tweet here from Dmitry Filipovich. Can't wait to watch Pens versus Caps again, but a reminder that the matchups in round two are one versus two, six versus eight, mm-hmm. nine versus 12, and 10 versus 16. They need to change this system. It's so stupid. So it's great. Like, it's so stupid. It's great that 
we're, we get to see that series, but it's in round two. And it's two years in a row. It should have been the conference finals game. and Not happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, conference finals you can't help. I mean, you are or you aren't in the eastern or western half of the country, continent. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. To, to have this be... Uh, a uh, second round series? I don't know. I don't know. Well, and that's that's the NHL's fault for making things, you know, taking a perfectly fine system, which is what they had before, and screwing it up again. Or do we all watch this series because it's going to be the best series of the playoffs, and then we stick around to see how they do? You know, it'd be really easy. Round three and four. Since you've got four divisions now instead of six, um, division winners of both get one finish one. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, you, you have, Sorry, two, you have so four divisions. Six. Yeah. So you got so you have divisions like so you would have had so so Pittsburgh won no no Washington, Washington won, won. Washington and Montreal at the top. Mm. Let's just say it's the Eastern Conference. Mon- Washington Montreal at the top as your division winners, and they automatically get home ice advantage and they're one two in the conference, and then let the rest of them figure it out. Oh, well, like why does it have to be any more difficult than that? Help me out with this, um, New York. Finished with more points than the Sens. I think significantly more points than yeah. the Sens. But we're the top wild card team. So the Sens have home ice advantage. Yeah. In their series. Which That's, is ridiculous. I think it's dumb. I th- why can't it just be points after round one? Why Why can't it just be points after round one? That's what yeah, I didn't understand. It should under- be points in round one. It should be. Reseed in round two. One thousand percent I agree one. with you. I totally agree. <laughs> Yeah. Um, because it's just it's just a silly it's a silly setup, and it's too intentional to the point where it, it just doesn't make any sense. Now, um, when we talk about teams exiting in the first round, I, there could be no more positive exit than the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm assuming we're not on the radio, by the way. Are we no, on the radio? I have already said fucking so. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I, th- I think sorry. that was the series of the first round. Name it, a better series. So. That's Ottawa, a Boston that's a right. positive. Yeah, yeah, that, that, was, a that was a great series. Yeah. I was upset that that was on the same night as the Leafs. That made me upset. Yeah. Yeah. If I was a Sens or Bruins fan, I might have yeah. argued yeah. that yeah. one. That was fun, and there was some hatred there. It was good. Yes. Um. So, <laughs> I don't know if there could be a more negative exit than the Montreal Canadiens, because to them this year, okay. So, like you know, you could you could argue that you know Columbus had a disappointing exit. You could argue that the Wild had his. I mean, you don't have to argue it. It was disappointing for both teams. But Montreal losing in the media center that Montreal is, with the expectations that the Montreal Canadiens probably unfairly put on themselves. I mean, you well. trade PK, and you say we're making a run at it. I mean, you don't have to say you were making a run at it when you trade PK for Shea Weber. You are confirming that you're making a run at it when you do that. Yeah, the confusion for me was it was a one for one trade. Mm-hmm. Um, for a guy yeah. who is better now, quote unquote, better now, fits the system better no. now. No, that's the like. The, listen, the, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm no, just I know that's telling what you said. what they're saying, mm-hmm. right? You know, fits the system better. I, I I'll sit here and hear your argument for why they're equal. I don't at, the, at the moment, I'll sit here and listen mm. to that. So they, the idea but, being that you you have the better player now, so you can make the run now. No, no. Well, this was the thing. I'll sit here and listen to the argument that they're equal. I I don't get where Shea Weber makes you better now came from. I don't understand that, mm-hmm. especially for a team that's already struggling with goal scoring. And that wasn't even the weirdest part. Like, so outsider, right? It's not like I was, you know, waiting on bated breath to see what the. Uh, what Montreal said 
after their playoff exit. And then it's like, Carey Price will not be traded. And I'm like, I'm sorry, was that a question? <laughs> was it, when, when did this become a thing? Well, I think it probably was a question. Um, and it's funny, I was it one of the guys from uh, the Hockey News, I think it's Ken Campbell, was like, if I were, if I were Jim Neal in Dallas, I'd call Mark Bergevin and see if he wouldn't swing a Sagan, Alexiak, Kerry Lettinen, and there was somebody else he included in that for Carey Price deal. <laughs> to which I feel I, bad. Please let that happen. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so great. Because that always... means the Leafs will be tight. They'll be right up there with Tampa for the division lead next year. It'd be great. Probably. I mean, I feel bad. Ken Campbell's always been a very nice man to me. <laughs> That's uh, a it's terrible an obnoxious, proposal. And, and That's I think such he, a bad proposal. It's terrible. Man. But also, yeah. Who who in the league would you trade for Carey Price? Nobody. I you think would, that's I think that's trade an irre- Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan for Carey Price. I think it's an irreplaceable talent. I think yeah. we see what Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan did in Dallas. They can't even make the playoffs. And those two are expensive together. Yeah. So is Carey Price after this season on his contract? Sure. Price. But one, you win with Carey Price even paying him top dollar. One thing I've looked at, so I, I wrote something last night. Um it was young up and coming teams over you, you know, in recent memory, that were bad, made the playoffs, and then what happened after the first year they made the playoffs? Pittsburgh was a very linear pro- progress. Um, missed the playoffs, lost in round one, lost in the Stanley Cup final, won in the Stanley Cup final. Chicago, missed the playoffs, Western Conference final cup. Um, Tampa was a cautionary tale that the Dallas Stars should have paid attention to. Um, I think it was the 2010-2011 season. Yeah, it was the year the Bruins won the Cup because they played Tampa in round three. Tampa came out of nowhere and just were an offensive juggernaut who could not stop a beach ball. So on New Year's Day, they go out and they get Dwayne Rollison, who was not good, but he was decent. Um, He was better than the tandem of Mike Smith and Dan Ellis that they had. So they had goaltending. But then after that, they had two years of brutal, like sub-900 goaltending. But Marty St. Louis is still scoring like Marty St. Louis. Vincent LeCavalier isn't the guy he used to be, but he's still good. Uh, Stamkos is just getting better and better. There's a lot of young guys showing promise. Goals were not the problem. The Dallas Stars can score goals. Can't stop the damn puck. Um, just breaking news here from uh, our parent company. Well, parent company that Jesse and I work at, and Steve, you work at, but not for this podcast. This is, it's a very weird setup, but anyway. <laughs> parent company Rogers Media yes. uh, has just announced, this is from Rick Brace, that because Rod, they, they announced this five-year deal to have the Vancouver Canucks broadcast um, in uh, on Rogers radio stations there. Yeah. But at the time, though, people were like, okay, Where? Because we only have FM stations in that market, where how would you how would you do that? Well, it turns out uh, Sportsnet will be requ- uh, acquiring um, a radio station, and they will name it Sportsnet Six Fifty. This is CISL F or sorry AM Radio in uh, Vancouver. They'll be buying that from Newcap uh, Incorporated. Now uh, CISL in Vancouver. If you're from Vancouver and you're and you're any. You know, if you're past 25 years of age, you know CISL. Uh, it is a legendary frequency out there, uh, but it will be rebranded to Sportsnet uh, 650. Damn. Um, and it news. will be the third all sports radio station in the Sportsnet chain. So that includes 960 in Calgary and 590 here, which of course we're on. So it makes me sad. I'm going to lose a couple friends. I know. What do you mean? Well, because they're going to go to Vancouver and work for that station. Yep. Yeah, probably. 
probably. Yeah. But it's great. It's great for the expanding coverage. And um, Anyway, so I just wanted to interject there. That's pretty big news. So we're moving to Vancouver. Yeah. To become Canucks bloggers. No. Yeah. We're, hey, we know you have a lot of experience with frustrating teams and bad management. No. Do you think maybe you could make them entertaining? No, no. I just got out. No. no. <laughs> we're going to claw yeah. you back yeah, in. Yeah, seriously. Also, congrats on the new head coach, Vancouver. Who's your new head coach? Travis Green. Sorry, oh, it's... Oh. Siri missed that. Siri missed that. <laughs> they hired Travis Green. When? Today? Today? This morning, like oh, two I'm, hours ago. I missed it. Holy smoke. Well, yeah, two hours ago I was in Toronto. I was in nap. Okay. I was um, in nap mode. Um, yeah. Announced by John Shannon on Twitter that he's their AHL coach, and they promoted him to head coach. Good for Travis him. Travis Green. John Shannon had That's a, not really a surprise. He was kind of the front runner, but that's great. John Shannon had a really great quote today on Hockey Central, which I never get to listen to. Um because I'm usually here by then, but it rained in Toronto, so people couldn't cope. Um, they asked about uh, Philip Grubauer, and one of the guys on the panel said, uh, do you think Philip Grubauer can be a, a number one in this league? And John Shannon goes, well, he will be for the next two years. <laughs> so we're going to start to see um, a more definitive list of who we think Vegas is going to claim. Mm-hmm. And according to John Shannon, it's probably going to be Grubauer and Net. Pretty interesting. It is interesting. Pretty Very interesting. interesting. Um, okay, so uh, I, I also want to I want to talk a little bit more about Mark Bergevin's end of your oh, press conference. Geez. I know we got off track, and that's fine. Um, but he he did address the lack of number one center. Um, and tell me if this Self, strikes you self induced problem. Um, tell me if this strikes you as familiar being a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. They asked him, "Can a team win a cup without a true number one center?" No. I don't think so. Mark Bergevin said this. We might have a different view of what a number one center is. I believe there are teams that have won in the past without a true number one center. So the answer is yes. Philippe Deneau, uh took a big step forward this season. Uh, he's not a number one center, but he's a very responsible player, and he's still very young, and I think he's got room for improvement. Uh, Placanic, uh, had a, uh, we had a conversation today, and he had a disappointing year. Uh, he has found his mojo a bit at the end of the season. McCarron is a player Claude and I see as a center. Uh, he's big and he'll continue to develop. Tory Mitchell, fourth line center, uh, is going to be, and he said Tory Mitchell will be our fourth line center and those are our centers as we speak today. So he took it from, can you win the cup to, here are our centers. <laughs> um, can you win a cup without it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they asked. Uh, in as many, uh, I could have just as easily said, Alex Galchenyuk is not a center. Well, that's the thing. But instead, here's a paragraph. He did address that too. And he said that the best place for Galchenyuk right now is on the wing. I think the best place for Galchenyuk right now is Colorado. Because I think that Montreal and Colorado are going to revisit the Duchesne-Galchenyuk thing. I think it's going to happen. Really? That's what I believe. Because Matt Duchesne makes a lot of sense in Montreal uh, for a lot of reasons, mostly because Montreal needs a number one center. And that is a deflection spin, uh, naked deflection slash spin from Mark Bergevin. But he doesn't make too much sense in Colorado. I think he could, um, just in the sense that, yeah, obviously losing Matt Duchesne is not great. But I, I think I think it's I think it's him and something that goes for Duchesne. Yeah, I still don't understand where the fire is in Colorado. Like, why are you 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 suck? You so badly suck. Why are you getting rid of a guy who is good and that young? 
Like, I, I don't get it. This isn't a great I think year. it's probably because he wants out. Probably doesn't want to be Kadri's age. Well, if his heart's broken and he wants out, uh, that, that makes sense. That would, this guy grew up an Avalanche fan. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I would think if anyone could uh, withstand it, it'd be him. Alex Galchenyuk is 23. In February, he's going to turn 24, so about halfway through next season. When is he going to be a center then? When are you going to – It's because that sounded me open-ended, like you're going to develop him into a center. Mm-hmm. When's that going to happen? I don't think they addressed that. They're so trading this guy. Oh, yeah. No, that's why I said – that's why I say Duchesne because if you're going to trade him, you better be getting a number one center back. Good luck. Well, and but – so congrats. You get Matt Duchesne, but now you're down Galchenyuk plus – Mm-hmm. Probably plus. I think you're right there. Gee. I don't know, man. I don't know. Montreal is v- a very confusing team. They're a very confusing team. Confusing or poorly run? Well, this is the thing. Like, even at the beginning of the season, you go, oh, Montreal. If you were to tell me Montreal made the playoffs, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's not surprising. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you said they're bad. Oh, no, 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 no. That has nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah. No. I, and, I mean... Uh, just the fact that price was brought up, it was like we are definitely, totally, probably, maybe not trading him. Um, and we're, you know, they did say they want to work on an extension, but Carey Price has not come out and said I want to work on an extension. Uh, not that I saw. You know, Mark Bergevin could take some notes from Lou Lamorello's press conferences. <laughs> they say about the same number of words, and they both say nothing. Lou's nothing doesn't get him in any trouble. Mark's always seems to. Mm-hmm. What's up with that? I I don't know. I don't know. I just look at I I feel like I look at Montreal and I feel bleakness. Like I don't feel confident. And Montreal is when you get one or two sides done on a Rubik's cube. Yeah, and you feel some wow. sense of accomplishment. Uh huh. But ultimately, you don't realize, no, you're actually far. You're far away from having this done. You're several moves away from having this done. But you don't want to move it because you're like, but these two sides, they look pretty. And I did this. (laughs) I made this myself. Having never successfully completed a Rubik's Cube, I know that feel. Mm -hmm. But I have gotten a couple sides. And I felt pretty good about that side. And guess what? I left it untouched. (laughs) I was like, well, done. And, hey, it is entirely possible you win a cup with two sides of your cube completed. You get a bounce here, bounce there. One of those sides is Carey Price. So that's pretty good. You might win. You might win. Carey Price, you could argue, might even be two sides on his own. But, yeah, oh, 100%. But if you keep going, keep turning, make all the right turns, might have yourself a cube, a full cube. What's French for cube? Mm. You'll have that also. Um. On one side, it'll say cube. On the other, it'll say French cube. Montreal can, too, solve some of these problems drafting. But I wonder if... Or the, developing. Or developing. But I wonder if the window's too late on that with Carey Price. I don't know how much longer... Like uh, Because they're not going to suck enough to get a high enough draft pick who can be an impact player. No, but Subban was a, a second-round pick, right? That's true. But then you got to get really lucky. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And scouting's getting better and better and better and better. I don't know if I believe that. Well, because their core is there. 
Do we agree that Montreal has a pretty good core? I like their core. I, I it's like old. It's like Andre Markov is not part of their core anymore, right? Uh, mm, well, eh. He's didn't he like thirty eight peripheral core. Peripheral you know core. what I mean? I think he's just been there. I think at one point he was a part of the core. Yes, but you talk about a core, you're talking about the future. All right, so the here, now and the future. Jesse gave me the cap friendly. It, like Thomas Buchanan is thirty four. I think that's a move you got to make. Yeah, holy Making six million yeah. bucks. Uh, I love Pacioretty. I love Pacioretty. We just needed some goal scoring. I would, the entire team needed goal scoring from him and everybody. But you know what though? Twenty eight making four point five. He's worth way more than four point five. Patches? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh no, you keep them. Yeah. A hundred percent. Mechanic is... That's... Uh, yeah. How many years left? Uh, one. Sorry, it's still set to this year, but their season's <laughs> so over. You so you trade him now, though, No. Oh, so one more year. Yeah, one more year. Oh. Sorry. So you, But you trade Placanic. He's at like an all-time low right now. He had a bad year. Yeah. Radulov's a huge question mark. Yeah. Andrew Shaw making 3.9... Next year, the year after, the year after, the year after, the year after. It does not look as good as I thought it did. Brendan Gallagher is still 24. I actually like his contract, 375, for only mm-hmm. one year less than uh, Shaw. Okay. How, That's a good deal. How did Shaw get more than Gallagher? Oh, my God. Gallagher's probably wondering the same thing. Gouch is a pending UFA. Or, sorry, RFA. That's not going to be fun. Dwight King, glad you spent assets on him. UFA. Brian Flynn, UFA. Steve Ott, UFA. He's gone. Andreas Martinson, UFA. He's probably gone. Andre Markov is a UFA. I did not know that. He'll probably come back at a reduced rate. I mean, he's still an NHL player. Well, he's making 5.75. I don't know. I'm just looking at this team. And I see two sides of a Rubik's Cube. Some really good, really good parts. Who is the point scorer on that team? Like, who's the... Mm-hmm. Patches. Okay, and then Weber's put up points. Radulov put up a lot of points. Okay, so but but Radulov, Radulov wants more money. Yeah, and he wants term. Yeah, yeah. You don't look at the roster and say they're going to score a ton of goals at all because you don't know where it's going to come from. I know Patch Reddy can. I know Radulov can. But who else? Markov. Markov had thirty six points. It's pretty good. I wonder how many of those came on the power play. Yeah, but so did... Me how too. many points did Connor Brown have? <laughs> no. Well, Connor Brown's not a defenseman. I don't know. I just... I see parts there. I see... Yeah, we got to have Berkshire on again. <laughs> I feel like Berkshire just comes on and rips the Canadians and... I, I think know. they deserve to be. I think he would, he would genuinely... You know what they're in danger of being? The Vancouver Canucks. They're in danger of being my least favorite thing, the what are they team. Mm-hmm. Well, but they also and, won the Atlantic Division. Andrew, like, I point to the phone. Andrew. <laughs> Andrew the phone. Andrew the phone. <laughs> yes. uh, Andrew has come on and said, what are the Canadians? He said this for a year. I mean, I remember listening. I was on a train to Liverpool last year when, when Subban got traded, and you had him on, and he's like, what are these guys? What are they? And, well, and oh yeah, you weren't here for that. I was not. I was. Oh, I am. I was so <laughs> mad. And I said to Caprice, "I'm like, I love you, and I love this vacation we're on, but I am never taking this two week period off again. This is insane. <laughs> I got. I burned. know we got engaged, but, but I hate everything about it. We could have got engaged a couple weeks later. Wouldn't have changed much. And she would have understood. It's funny. Like uh, late June is such a minefield at this point in my life oh my because God. it's. Multiple weddings, 
This year, expansion draft as well, and draft, and free agency. This Saturday is a big day. Is that when the lottery? lottery? Finally. Yeah. I didn't even know when it was. I was last like, year, oh. we were like anticipating. It had already day. happened this time last year. It happened you on my birthday. 13th. Oh, wow. No, it happened on the 30th last year. Yeah. I was at my own birthday party somewhere. That I showed up late to. Yeah, the no, that doesn't make sense because the season. Yeah, you're right. Out. It was the 30th. <laughs> Didn't I show up late too? No, that one was uh, that one was canceled because I was sick. I had another one later on. Oh, Reese yeah. is a good good person and scheduled too. All I remember is ru- literally running around Sportsnet, <laughs> sprinting around Sportsnet. Yep, it was a good time. Yeah. Um, so okay, so here's here's what Montreal needs to do. And this is this is for a lot of teams. Figure out what the goal is. And it has to be more than just this. This kills me. What's the goal? Winnipeg, to win the Stanley Cup. No. How? Yeah. How? how? What Why? is your identity? Why? Why? Uh, you got to yeah. figure out what kind of team you are. Are you a high-flying team? Are you a defensive lockdown team? Are you a uh, relies? I think comp- they think that's what they are. I, but they they should have been the opposite. They should have been high-flying and carry Price make a pile of saves. I think... Because they can do that. I think they thought they were the lockdown team, impossible to score against team, because they had Carey Price, they had Shea Weber. They go out... It, like, they really needed goal scoring. They go out and they get Steve Ott, Andreas Martinson... Dwight King. Dwight King. Uh, Nestorov. You know who they should have got? P.A. Parento. Wasn't Nathan <laughs> Beaulieu, like, a Even though he, he wouldn't play for Tyrion. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so uh, Bergevin also said, when you pick in the 20s year after year, it's hard to find that core piece unless you get very lucky. And uh, shortly after that... Gee whiz, I wonder when they g- could have done that. Yeah, how about Chicago just not having firsts ever? How about Montreal? <laughs> well, well Montreal no, I'm saying, I'm saying all but the you teams that were that. successful. Look at Pittsburgh. Look at what Pittsburgh's done. Yeah, you, you can. You, but the problem was Montreal never had... You had Price and you had Subban. And then Pacioretty, but what else? You need you need like a, a you need more than just the triumvirate. You, you need you need big you need a big three up front or a big at least big two. But you look at Chicago, big three up front: Taze, Kane, Hosa. You traded two second round picks, mm-hmm. uh, and I think gave a six year contract to a fifth round pick, Andrew Shaw. You gave, I think it was a five or six year contract to another fifth round pick of yours, Brendan Gallagher. You gave nine million dollars a year to a second round pick of yours, uh, PK Subban, uh, and then you dealt him. Like these guys, have, they've gotten guys in other rounds. Um, one thing a lot of Montreal Canadiens fans have been telling me for a long time, oh, just Berkshire, not just Berkshire, is uh, they've been a They've been real hard up for developing guys in the AHL. Who's their goal-scoring phenom, uh, phenom? Charles Houdon? Charles Houdon, I think. He's been lighting up the AHL for like a while now, should be in the NHL, and just is not. Is not. I don't know. And he's French-Canadian. And he's French-Canadian. What? Do you, well, at least I think so. <laughs> Name like Charles Houdon? I think maybe. Charles Houdon uh. from Vaud de Bridge. <laughs> um... <laughs> Okay, so here's the thing. I, I had a question for Steve before the show, and I meant to do this in the Leafs section, but whatever. Uh, when was the last time the Leafs drafted out out uh, of the top ten? And it better not be the Kessel trade. That's what I thought it was, Adam. Uh, but no. Uh, it was actually very recent. Uh, it was not 2016. 
they picked first. It was not 2015, they picked fourth. It was not 2014, they picked eighth. So we got Matthews, Marner, and Nylander there. It was 2013. When they went to the playoffs. Actually, yes. They picked 21st overall. Who was it? Freddie Gauthier. Oh, Freddie. Freddie Gauthier. Remember at the time, like when they made that pick, I was at my my dad's house in, in near Kingston and was watching the draft. And even the guys on the, like the prognosticator, the guys on the screen were like, oh, why did they pick him? Yeah. And, I, that's, and listen, he hasn't turned out to be a bad player. No. But it was like, okay, you, this is the first round. You can pick him in the second or third. Uh, I'll, I'll give you one that stings. Two picks later, Washington, who, by the way, you can't get good players in the 20s, guys. <laughs> Andre Burakovsky. Ooh. 95 points on 196 games. Uh, Vancouver, Hunter Shinkarek. Was the very next pick. Montreal, you can't get good players in the 20s. What are you talking about? You got Michael McCarron, 25th overall, four years ago. Anaheim, Shea Theodore, the next pick. Marco Dano was the next pick after that. Wow. Chicago, Ryan Hartman was the 30th pick. How did they manage to get a decent player out of that? They won the cup. I don't get it. I was told you can't do that. I believe that's called superior scouting. Oh, man. Out of lust? Two years, the 2016 and 2015 drafts. Only two players have played in the NHL. That's surprising. Sorry, say that again? Uh, the last two drafts for the Leafs, only two players have played in the NHL. Mm, that's not that surprising because they're teenagers, right? Yeah. yeah. I it mean, does you take need a couple to be years. particularly exceptional. So, mm-hmm. Matthews, exceptional. It is surprising considering the team turnover. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that yeah. they did start nine rookies this yeah. year. Yeah. And, and everything we talk about is the rookies. Yeah. And from last two years, only two guys have played. Con- Connor Brown rookie, was rookie a- is relative, right? Like, Connor Brown's third got round yeah. pick, was he not? Sixth. He was a sixth round pick. He was a Burke pick. Wow. He was a Burke pick. <sighs> that goes wow. I want to say 2012. 2012. Um, sixth round. Damn. He Can you look up his, his, uh, his draft year? Like just look up his hockey DB page. It's it's interesting. It's a he's exactly the kind of guy I think you take a flyer on. Oh, okay. Well, Jesse pulled it up real quick. So let's look at Toronto here, and there he is, sixth round pick. Actually, they picked Victor Louv in the seventh round too, and he played in the NHL. I mean, wasn't much, but at least he played. So Connor Brown's draft year with the Erie Otters. 68 games played. You're give us the plus minus thing, aren't you? Adam. <laughs> it's like we're married. I know. I know it's coming. Well, no, that's actually not the most important stat. I'll, okay. let, I'll let you know the most important. 25 goals, 28 assists. Not bad. 53 points. Not bad at all. Minus 72. And you asked him about it, didn't you? I did. And he's like, uh, you can say it. You can say it. Go ahead. He was minus 72. Now, the reason he was minus 72 wasn't because he sucked. It was because the Erie Otters sucked. Because remember how bad the Sabres were? Well, you can tank in the OHL, too. Right. The Erie Otters wanted Connor McDavid. Oh. Haven't heard of him. And that's how they got him. Um, Hey, Steve. How come you have not told the story about a... Pierre Hedin? Young woman named Anne who approached you at Game 3. Oh, that's right. Okay, so Game 3, I felt horrible. I didn't eat for a, like a long time, and I was just super nervous, and I was just exhausted from the day. And uh, like I'm actually walking around 
the ACC like a zombie trying to find my wife because we were going to meet in the concourse. And she got me a, a shawarma, and I'm just stumbling around. Look, where's my wife? She got me a wrap. It, like to the point where Larry Tenenbaum walked by me, and I tapped him on the shoulder. I had to go, "You're doing a good job." <laughs> I just kept walking. Wow. <laughs> why is it? Why are we just hearing this now? I know because I forgot. You um, tapped Larry, Larry Tenenbaum, Tenenbaum on the shoulder. Like he was my boy. I'm like. Larry! Hey, Larry! Larry! In the concourse at the ACC. You mean it's like the CEO of the Toronto Maple... Well, the man of MLSE. Well, quarter, not quarter owner. Quarter owner. Yes. The man who not owns the a quarter of that team you live for. Yes. And the Raptors, and the Marlies, and TFC. And you... All right. <laughs> Thank you for letting us know. I, I just <laughs> let you know. That's cool. Uh, then as one does, one yeah. taps Larry. Uh, Lor- hey, Lawrence. Hey, hey, Tanny. <laughs> uh, I, I call him Bomber. Tanny B. I call him Bomber. Bomber. Uh, okay. Yeah. The bomb. Yeah. Tan and bomb. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're the tan and bomb. Hey. <laughs> um, so, meet my wife. Shove the shawarma in my face. Start to instantly Trauma feel better. Is so good. It's oh. the best. It's the best food. It is the best. It, and it, it is Along a, re- it's a revival and food. and everything. It's mm. a revival food. Like, pizza is a revival food. Mm-hmm. See, if I eat poutine, a lot of people call that a revival food. That just puts me to sleep. I eat pizza, I feel better. Poutine's like I a bad food. I eat shawarma. You have it's like, poutine yeah. at three in the morning and no other time. No. Yeah, I can't even finish one, man. I like them. But yeah, <laughs> just, you're a quitter. I no, go, you, you got <laughs> Revival food, pad thai. Oh, yeah! Yes. Oh, man, I want some of that tonight. Sorry, I, want I was that very now. passionate about that. <laughs> I want pad thai now. Yeah. All right, anyway. I Okay, now I, I know what I'm doing now. after the show. Good. Um, um, so, anyway. So, uh, people were walking up to me and, hey, watch the videos. Holy shit, what do you think is going to happen in overtime? And, you know, all this. And then this this little lady with, you know, short haircut, she just goes, are you Tangle? I just go, yeah. She goes, I'm Ann Connor's mom. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I, your son's a very good player. <laughs> <laughs> As an Ann Brown, Connor Brown's mother. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Miss, Mrs. Downtown. <laughs> Mrs. Downtown. The creator think, of Downtown. Uh, yes. Absolutely. Yes. Wow. Where Downtown was built. <laughs> I um She's the developer. Yes. The yeah, key absolutely. developer. <laughs> absolutely. I didn't know what else to say. I you know what? It's not. She said hi. She initiated it. That's I would pretty cool. otherwise. I would never speak to players like family. I don't. Would you know? Did you know what she? Who? She, like? Would you no. know? No. No, I didn't. I knew. I know what Austin Matthews' mom looks like. I know she's on dead. TV. And yeah. Basically, yeah. every single player's family is active on social media, and I just try to go okay and steer clear. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems so like a bit of a minefield, you know? Did, does but it was Connor nice that she watch was... the videos, or does she watch the videos? I don't want to know the answer to that. No. You know what you should do? Don't, don't want to, I assume she does. You should call okay. James Reimer's mom to see if he was concussed. This is the thing. Uh, you uh-huh. know, I get it. I get why you yeah. stay away. And also, like, leave the family out of it. They're they're there to enjoy their kids. They they did their job. They took them yeah. to practice. Like, it's And done. I need to be able to, you know, the next time Connor Brown has a shitty game, I need to be able to say it. Actually... The very next game was game four where Connor Brown whiffed on the puck, and that mm. led to the fifth goal. So I need to be able to call him out on that. You can't be friends with his mom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We can't be like Twitter buddies. Yeah. So, And that was like the one of maybe five mistakes he made all season. But Yeah. Listen, it's, uh, I thought that was really cool. 
I thought that was a really cool moment. It is cool. It's happened a, f- a few times, mm-hmm. and you go, thank you, and that's very cool. And uh, it's Terry, really all you can do. Terry Pagula. Uh, this is an older story, but the reason I'm bringing Terry Pagula up is because you need to go to the Sabres website and watch <laughs> Terry Pagula's uh, press conference. 15 minutes. Uh, they uploaded it? They did, and That's it's still up. I watched it again today. Don't do it. <laughs> um, so Terry basically admitted over the course of this press conference that he hadn't fully made up his mind on whether or not to fire Tim Murray and Dan Milesma, and his basically postseason meeting with both of them made that decision. They asked him, did you go into that knowing, going into that meeting knowing that you were going to fire them? And he said, no, I did not. You must have been leaning towards it. If you didn't know and then you did, you must have been leaning towards it. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, and it seems... You ever like, ask someone their opinion so they can confirm yours? Yeah. You're not actually asking for their opinion. You're asking for their reassurance. Yeah. Sometimes hmm. people show you who they are. And you have to decide, like, you can, you're like, like, sometimes I go into meetings and I go, this is who I think this person is. And sometimes they surprise me. And sometimes they're exactly who I thought they were. And And they they operate exactly how they, (laughs) neither of you did. That's for sure. Um, I I wonder if in this case, he was probably like, okay, maybe they're going to come at me with some knowledge that I wasn't prepared for or a plan that I wasn't prepared for. But another thing that I thought was interesting about this press conference when you watch it, and I, I could have audio clipped it, but I got to be honest with you, the answers are pretty boring. Um, Terry Pagula says discipline and structure a lot. He uses those words. We need more discipline in this organization. Um, and, you know, you could tell there was a little bit of inside baseball in terms of the way press, the reporters were asking him questions because people were like, are you having as much fun as you thought you would owning this team? You know, what's been hard? Like, hmm. didn't you, don't you just want to sit back? It was, uh, I, I know the press, or the, uh, the press in Buffalo already think the Pagulas are too involved in the Bills and the, and the Sabres. Well, this was interesting because the impression I had been given of the Pagula family up until this this very sudden, they're way too active, was they basically helped rebuild like a section of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a really nice sports bar uh, that's right up there with real sports that they built. Big practice facility, lots of ice pads, uh, doing great things with the Bills, doing great things with the uh, Well, their first Sabres. problem was they hired Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan is a defensive coordinator at best, at Freaking best. He and a Trump to be a supporter char- at worst. Yeah, and he, came, he happens to be a charismatic guy who had a great defense and make Mar- made Mark Sanchez look like an all-star. Which, by the way, we all know what happened to Mark Sanchez after that. And I, I just think the Pagulas in that in football, people are taking football and they're applying it to hockey. I, I, I think in football, they're frustrated because the Bills aren't trying to lose and they're losing. Uh, in hockey, they were trying to lose, they lost, and they ended up with Jack Eichel. But they also got a bunch of other things that were not so great. And I did. Did we talk about my tweet about this? No. On the last show, I don't think so. I don't no. know what's your tweet about this. Did the Leafs get Terry? Uh, sorry, did the Leafs get um, Tim Murray fired? I, I I think the comparison has to play a part in it. I don't think it's the whole thing. I think there. I I honestly I am not surprised. From the games against Buffalo this season, that discipline is something that he brought up. I'm not surprised with the, the, the personalities on that team that discipline's an issue. I'm just not surprised. 
I, you, I, with are, Ryan O'Reilly's so you, outburst? Yeah, you, you've you've implied that a few times. So you're not just referring to Evander Kane? No. It's like, okay, O'Reilly had his troubles. Oh, he had his troubles, but he also got mad at the team. You know, and usually these, these issues... A lot of blow-ups, eh? Uh, the, yeah, these Eichel's issues fiery. arise... Even if that Eichel story about him not wanting to resign if Dan Bowsman was head coach, which, by the way, I don't, I don't know. I they, they can deny it all they want. I don't know, man. So, but but usually these issues arrive uh, when excuse me arise when there is a discipline issue when people are not coming hmm. to the rink. If everybody's coming to the rink and giving it hundred and ten percent and preparing well and eating well and not partying the night before. These things don't happen. So when Sidney Crosby was a rookie, he had Mark Recchi there to tell him to shut the fuck up. And, and he lived at Mario's house. And he lived <laughs> at Mario. Oh, my God. Yeah. I like that basement. little chest. Didn't they play together? Yes. Yeah. Briefly. For you. Yes. Who tells Jack Eichel to shut the fuck up? It, I got Ryan the Ryan imp- Gion. Well, I got the impression it was Josh George's. And Josh George's is a veteran, but Josh George's cannot tell Jack Eichel to shut the fuck up. Well, it should be the head coach. Should it not be? Can Dan Bilesman tell him to... Well, he's a cup winner. Babcock could tell Matthews to shut the fuck up if he wanted to. But they have that type of relationship, and Matthews doesn't need to be told to shut up. He probably needs to be told, hey, uh, you want to speak a little bit uh, anytime? <laughs> it's weird. Like, uh, you'll meet people in your life who will tell you the same thing in a different way. Like, it, and it just mm-hmm. means something means differently. Something. Like, I can't... I cannot picture for some reason Dan Bilesma the disciplinarian you know what I mean like I can't imagine him saying something the same way Barry Trotz would or Mm -hmm. Joel Quinville like Pat Burns like when, when I think of someone who could say literally anything and I would listen I just think of that that Pat Burns face Helps if you have a mustache, I think. The yeah. mustache, jo- Joel Quinville. Yeah, I did name Joel Quinville. You're right. Uh, Pat Burns. You know, mm-hmm. Pat Burns had the great hair too. I know. For some reason, there's. I just can't imagine Dan Bilesma the disciplinarian. I don't know. Well, and and I I again I think that there's going to have to be some changes in the personalities in that dressing room. Oh, I really shit. are d- they going to hire Daryl Sutter? I hope they do. <laughs> Me too. I think. I mean, I think that's he might all be. I'm hearing. I think he might be the guy, and I think he makes a lot of sense. I don't know who. Here's the thing. He you, makes a lot of sense for what they want. Do you not need a general manager first? Oh, a hundred percent. And who do you? Oh, ha- he's been one. So you get him what, as a coach and GM. Not a very good. I don't know about that. Calgarians would have an issue. I think that's that. done. <laughs> I think yeah. that era is done. Yeah, I think it is too. Um, but who do you get? Who's the GM? And if it is, if it is like, is it Fuente? Fuda. Fuda. Mike Fuda. Uh, if it's Fuda, can Fuda tell Daryl Sutter to shut up? Well, they have worked together. Have they? Okay. In LA. Um, what about r- Dean Lombardi? Well, what a lot of Leaf fans have been going, don't you dare, is Kyle Dubas. No. Kyle Dubas is- do have money now. Dude, didn't I suggest that last? Yeah, episode? you did. I think you and did. You I feel like we have had no, this conversation. Kyle Dubas is not going to Buffalo, man. <laughs> Remember when you told me it wasn't going to happen? Then you brought it up. Well, because Kyle I, Dubas, because I don't want it. Because because Kyle Dubas is not going to go to Buffalo to have his ass kicked by the team he created. I'm That's sorry. Right. Yeah, like, we I, did have this conversation. I, I, like, there's just no way. And by the way, whatever money that whatever money the Sabers have, Pagula Sports and Entertainment has, the Leafs have double that money. The pay whatever they have. No, no, they have the same amount of money. 
They're bil- they're all billionaires. So it doesn't matter. They, yes, but the Leafs will pay will pay to keep them. I guarantee it. Lamorello's done after this year, guys. I, yeah, I can't imagine Dubas leaving. And you know yeah. what? I don't think I don't think Lamorello will leave the team. I think he will be uh, one of those guys that's in a role to help augment. Now let's say that it was partially the Leafs that got these guys fired and brought about these changes. Want to bring in one of the arch- architects? They're not going to get him. I'm sure I think, they, Steve, I, they're they going would to try. love to. I think they're going they're to try. They're not going to get him. They're I don't just, think they're going to It's not going to happen. The Leafs are way too competitive in their front office now. There was a time when they were complacent. Now, it is no longer the case. I can guarantee it. Guarantee it. I, be- I feel it in my bones. They're going to have to. I, and if I were them, a Dean Lombardi, Daryl Sutter thing, doesn't. that doesn't look so bad. I love Lou. I really do. But. I look forward to the day Kyle Dubas is GM, so I don't have to think about this anymore. And then I'll be worried about losing Mark Hunter. <laughs> you won't lose him either. I don't think so. Remember, these guys want to be here, too. I think so, too. And again, if Kyle Dubas had to go there, imagine how much retooling he'd have to do. That, they're a couple years away, I think, uh, unless they have a great well, summer. Be interesting, because like... And Robin, Le- listen, I, I said, I think, people disagreed with me last episode, I think, with regards to Robin Leonard. Um, he's you know, fine. Like he's I don't fine. think he's bad. I just don't but... think he's worth the price they paid, and I don't think he's the guy you want. I don't. I don't. I question when I see him blow up on the ice in front of people. You want to talk about discipline? That's a problem. Yeah. And you want you want you need your goalie to be ice cold. I never. I never saw even the cantankerous Eddie Belfour lose it on his head coach. In in <coughs> someone will probably send you footage in in Toronto. Uh, well, yeah, his head coach was Pat Quinn. Yeah, that's interesting, man. I'm sure Eddie Balfour lost it in Chicago and Dallas. I'm sure. I s- don't remember where it was, but I seem to have this re- uh, memory of him throwing a TV onto the ice or something. Like <laughs> might that. have, might have. Uh, I just think that there's a uh, th- there's definitely something rotten there, and whoever's going to have to go in, they're going to have to go in and fix that. Should we? Stop talking about these peasants. And, and talk about how the Oilers are going to have to play the Ducks. Well, I was going to say, we haven't even talked about uh, round two predictions. Well, what do we think? Okay, so what do we got? We got we, Pittsburgh, Washington? Yeah, we're going to save that one to last, okay? Okay, yes, okay. that's fair. Let's start in the West. So, Edmonton, Anaheim. Anaheim. So, this is one of those series that always dupes me. Uh, because we got the team I did think would make it through in Anaheim and the team I did not make it, uh, think would make it through in Edmonton. Naturally, I'm going to go with Anaheim because I thought they would make it through. But the way the Oilers handled the Sharks, I did not think it would be that easy for them. Here's why I think it's going to be Anaheim. Yeah? The Ryan Kessler-Connor McDavid matchup. No one can keep up with him. Like it's not Connor about McDavid keeping is another up. thing. It's yeah. not about keeping up. If there was a center in the league that you wanted to go head to head with Connor McDavid, would it not be Ryan Kessler? Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby. <laughs> no, but I mean, like defensively, shut down the gaps. And then, and then beyond that, beyond that, you've also got Getzlaff and Perry, who've been there before. And Perry had an off year, but he, he kind of picked up steam at the end of the year. And Getzlaff, who's Ryan Getzlaff. And who's going to go up against Ryan Getzlaff? You know what? This is a fun, fun series. It's going to be fun. I'm going to, but I give it's it to Anaheim. It's going to be violent. I have Edmonton going to the Stanley Cup Finals. 
And I'm going to keep betting on them because I don't think anybody's going to beat McDavid. I have Anaheim going to the cup final. This is going to be a bloodbath. Uh, I keep saying that. There hasn't really been one. Anaheim. The most violent series was Anaheim-Calgary, and that ended in four games. Um, I definitively believe... I, I, listen, in this series, I'm cheering for the Oilers. But I believe it will be the Ducks. I was cheering for the Leafs. I believed it would be the Caps. It's a little bit difficult to not cheer for the Oilers a little bit. How do you bit. not? Yeah. It's exciting. It's amazing. Cinderella, man. Even though not really. <laughs> you do have the <laughs> second best player in the world. Maybe uh, the best player in the world. I'm still going to say Ducks, but I think it's going to be a long series, and I won't be surprised to see the Oilers win. I think it hinges on one player. C. McD? Cam Talbot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I think Cam Talbot's the the, the make or break. Calgary and, did not get goaltending in the first round. Yeah. Edmonton did. And, and Anaheim at points this year, at points, had trouble scoring. At points. And had... John Gibson come out of the game sometimes and Jonathan Bernier coming in. And one thing we've seen with Kessler a little bit is he goes too hard in the opening two rounds. Like, he was... he was. Well, uh, I want him to go too hard against Connor McDavid. He was like the, uh, the zombie without limbs. Just, <laughs> just dragged like, himself. When he, when he got to the Stanley Cup final against Boston. Bernier got into a game in he did. the four-game four sweep, right? He did. So he's been in a quarter of their games. We need him to be in half. half. Uh, yeah, make he, it to the but final. He, he didn't start, though. He doesn't matter. No, he got in. Does not uh, matter. He got in because Gibson had given up four goals in the first 16 shots or something? Yeah, and then they, and then they came back in the game. Yeah, and then Gibson got the win. Yes. In the game he got That pulled, was weird. Even though he was behind. That was oh, weird. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. In the first round, there's too much. Yeah. There's yeah, just too so much. much to... So many stories. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, <laughs> next anyway, series. So Gibson's going to start. Gibson yeah. is going uh, to start. Oh, okay. That's my and assumption. Bernier's been solid. I, he, I think he's a he's a, a, a better backup. Yep. Um, so then we, we move on to, and this is to me, this series is when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. We mm-hmm. have the Nashville offense. Versus the St. Louis Jake Allen defense, which is Jake Allen. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. Like, I want to look at the Preds. Like, these are two two goalies who have two modes. Fantastic and awful. <laughs> yeah. Jake Allen and Pecorine. Pecorine. And Pecorine's been Pecorine, and Jake Allen has been Jake Allen. I Like, good Jake Allen. I think you can pull off... What, what's the saying I heard a long time ago? Like, uh... Something about Cinderella, you know, always makes it to the ball, but never leaves with her shoe. Something, something along those lines. That's smooth. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What you're like, saying is you you probably can't <laughs> goaltend your way past in even two rounds? J.S. Jaguar, in arguably, you know, one of the top five most magical goaltending playoff performances of all time. Could not beat the Detroit Red Wings. No, it was the Devils. Oh, the Devils. Oh. It was uh, 2003. Oh. Mike Babcock's Anaheim Mighty Ducks. It wasn't against Detroit? Uh, no, no. They played Detroit in the first round and beat them. Right, because they were in the same conference. Right. Western. They beat them. So Hello. in this metaphor, the Wild are Detroit. Right. <laughs> um, I think you can do it once. You might do it again. You might do it again against Nashville. I don't think so, though. I think Nashville comes out with the win here. I think so, too. I have Nashville going to the finals. I have Nashville going to the third round and losing to the Ducks. And right now... Still possible. I have Nashville versus St. Louis, which I don't think very many people had. By the way, all of this, all of this can change after game one. 
<laughs> totally. Yes, it's like, wow, that's a, totally. And then after game two. And the Blues win 7-6 in overtime. <laughs> um, we have Ottawa and New York. I- interestingly, made a huge trade this summer, Broussard for Zabina Jad, and yeah. here they are in the second round playing each other. So you know how I just bragged about having Nashville versus St. Louis? I had Montreal versus Boston. <laughs> I think I did too. Oops. Uh I like the Rangers in this one. Mostly because of Henrik Lundqvist? Mostly because of Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, They're a little more playoff hardened, but Eric Carlson is playing himself into a Conn Smythe man. Wasn't he supposed (laughs) to be injured? Yeah, how injured is his foot? I think he said it was broken. Yeah, he had a hairline fracture or something. That's why he's just, you know, he's just dropping Peyton Manning bombs down the ice to like, Hoffman. Like, you know, crazy. If you're the Rangers, how don't you just put everything at the net? Like, even if Carlson's in front of you, then and you it's have not Craig, the best shooting lane? But then you have Craig Anderson no, to but, shoot at. Uh, I think you have a boot to shoot at. Here's the here's the report. Eric Carlson played the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs with two hairline fractures in his left foot. The defenseman revealed reports uh, on. He shouldn't Sunday. have revealed that. Yeah, that is that was. Why dumb. did he reveal that? He suffered the injury on March 28th <laughs> against the Flyers <laughs> while blocking a shot. Always against the Flyers. It at the moment it's unclear whether this ailment will affect Carlson's uh, for the second round against the Rangers. Why reveal that? So he's good. This is why he has a lower body injury, like like or or just say no, I'm perfectly fine. Gee, I didn't know that was his injury. Since March 28th, two hairline fractures. This one I cannot call because Ottawa really surprised me with how they handled Boston. Mm -hmm. Because it it wasn't that I didn't believe in Ottawa's talent. It was that they limped into the playoffs. Mark Mathot lost half his finger. So so did Boston, though. Yeah. that, That, I think, was their saving grace, along with they played well. You know, they didn't get a good season out of Bobby Ryan. They got a decent first round. Ottawa also finished second in the division. Yeah, well, exactly. They had a strong year overall. Um, They did, but it was... uh, Remember we talked about all the teams in the East uh, since, like, March 1st? mm -hmm. Ottawa was one of the worst. You know what, though? So was New York. (laughs) So (laughs) so were the Rangers. Don't you find it funny that um, Ottawa got overtime goals from Dion Phaneuf and Clark MacArthur in Boston? (laughs) You know, (laughs) this was a rough spot. Uh, After the game, Clark MacArthur said, I'm glad we got it because I've had some rough times in this barn. Yeah. Ah! I know. Ah! You know. <sighs> See, it affects us all. Even former Leafs, it affects us all. I think it was. I think it was Platinum Sea Ghost was like, "Am I allowed to cheer for Eric Carlson and not the Sens?" Like, because the Sens do have some characters. <laughs> yeah, the the, the 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 Sens have some characters that want to cheer for. It's so hard not to cheer for that story. Not, not just Craig Anderson, but the the crazy season Clark MacArthur has had, or the lack of season. It's amazing he's playing. How was he playing? I didn't think he'd be playing. That's unbelievable. His, in game, I think, one or two, he scored his first goal since 2015. Like, that's that's ridiculous. And, I mean, I don't feel exactly the same way about Phaneuf that I do about Clark MacArthur, but uh, <laughs> part of me is like, ah, you're out of Shawshank. <laughs> you made it. <laughs> I wonder I wonder how he's been received in Ottawa. Uh, mostly positively. I th- that uh, must be nice uh, for him. Uh, I think it goes up logo. and down. Sorry? They put him on the logo. <laughs> so, on the logo? Uh, so, uh, they must like him. Uh, uh, yeah, Jesse. Because Jesse. Uh, um, <laughs> I get, you know what? I'm going to go with Ottawa on this one. That's a toss-up. I, it is. Yeah, so I I, it's, it, it's not, it's just, it all. you know what? It hinges on one player again, Henrik Lundqvist. 
Well, it's two Swedes. Henrik Lundqvist versus Eric Carlson, right? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the last series that we walked away from and are coming back to, Pens and Caps, which to me, again, defining series of this Stanley Cup playoffs. So exciting. So great that we get this. Hockey deserves this. I want to go with the Capitals because, well, I have them winning the Cup, first of all. Um, and it just seems like they're finally due. This is finally their time to beat Pittsburgh. And I look at how Pittsburgh just dismantled the team that was supposed to be their nightmare matchup. Uh, no. Without Chris I Letang. I think it's them again, man. I think so, too. Oh, I think it's Pittsburgh. Now, is there an argument to be made that playing the Leafs in the first round helped Washington? And going one extra game, but not seven, makes them a little bit more battle-ready than Pittsburgh. There's an argument to be made, sure. I mean, it's not like Pittsburgh. They know what they're getting into. They've been here before. They were there last year. God. Did they sweep them, or was it five? I don't know. I think it was I don't a remember. Jeez. Again, so many things happen in the playoffs. It's like, blur. Also, that was a record, by the way, for most overtimes. In a first round. The Leafs and Caps? Yeah. No, no, the whole first round. Oh, oh 18 overall, or something, yeah. wasn't there? Yeah. Was it 18? Uh, I think it was 18, which is amazing because there were no seven-game series, and there were two sweeps. Wow. Pretty incredible. Uh, I can't... I am searching... You ever try to convince yourself, and you have a really hard time doing it? Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I cannot, in my head make the Washington Capitals beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. I have to see it first. It went to six games last year. Okay. They're serious. Yes. I cannot... You know what? The Leafs and the last two games were not a good example, but the Leafs had too easy of a time scoring goals against Washington. Mm-hmm. I thought that would be the big problem. It's a crowd in front of the net. And when you've got it was Gensel and Rust and those guys, I think those guys can cause havoc. And yeah. then you have great shooters. You've got Phil Kessel's shot. You've got Evgeny Malkin's shot. You've got Sidney Crosby's shot. That's all you need you is those three. Power play versus power play. You're not scared. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the one thing I do think, you know, in, in seeing Washington up close, Tom Wilson, extraordinarily effective player against the Leafs. Faster than I thought. Nate Schmidt faster than I thought. Wow. He was great. Maybe not anymore. Well, yeah, he's got a bit of a foot injury. Um, but I did find Washington got a little undisciplined sometimes. You know who I was so disappointed with? Like, like in terms of, uh, obviously, as a Leaf fan, I was like, this is awesome. But someone who was supposed to be such a huge factor and just was not. Kevin and Shattenkirk. I was so <laughs> unimpressed. Me too. So unimpressed with Kevin Shattenkirk. Uh, getting rattled in the media, and then you see it translate on the ice, slamming his stick, saying, oh, we just need to smile and skate away. And then every single scrum I saw, it was him. It wasn't his teammates. They didn't have a problem with it. It was him. Three assists in six games, so it's, you know, he mm. wasn't useless or anything. But He's playing third pairing, although I guess on Washington was, that's I wasn't sure. It, and on the power play, though. Yeah. And, and he was... He was he was uh, key in one power play goal in particular. You know what it was? It was the power play where Ovi was in the box. Mm-hmm. And Shattenkirk took over the Ovi spot, realized, I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. And he switched with Carlson. Carlson and Oshie swoop in and they score the goal. But uh, I was so completely unimpressed with the with the guy they got to be all in. I was not impressed at all. Mm-hmm. And everyone's talking about, oh, Leafs going out and getting them this summer. I, I honestly don't think they will, to be completely blunt. I don't I think they can afford it, and I don't know if I want them to be able to afford it. Yeah, I think Carl Alsner's a guy that I'm like, meh. 
Well, and then I spoke to Ian Olin from Russian Machine Never Breaks, and they were talking about how he was like the Caps' worst defenseman this year. Oh. But part of that was him coming off hip surgery, so maybe he's better next year, but do you ever fully recover from hip surgery? This was the thing with Carl Gunnarsson. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, I, I, I was really unimpressed. I'm with going with the pens on this one. I, I am too. Um, Jesse. Washington. You're going with Washington? Yeah. Only Washington, to be different Edmonton, or because... No, Washington, Edmonton, Stanley Cup final is going to happen. Well, uh, okay, can I go against what I had in my own bracket? Yeah. Because this is the thing. You like, if I, if I get it right, like, no matter who wins the series, I get to go, called it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's about what you think right now. Okay. I'm going to go with Washington because that's what my bracket says. But I think Pittsburgh will win. So you're picking Pittsburgh? I guess so. Okay. I guess so, I'm yeah. Pittsburgh. I'm going with Washington, and I will be correct. Okay. I don't know why I didn't see this coming. Like, why? Again, like, I should have looked ahead. I had Pittsburgh playing Washington in the second round. I wrote down Washington in the third round, but I cannot picture the Capitals beating the Penguins in a series. Why did I do that? Shark jumping moment. And I'm bringing it back to the Leafs on this one. Mm. And I want to shout out the pension plan puppets for bringing this up. Yes. So you got some expiring contracts, right? You probably just let Tyler Bozak play, and then you maybe maybe you see if you want to resign him or whatever, but you let him play. Yeah. I, I think you keep Tyler Bozak because what's the problem with having center depth? Pretty cool, right? Especially when your third line guy is is scoring fifty five points. Now that's a career high, and especially do- when the Marlies are thin, thin at center. Very thin you got Adam Brooks coming in there, but and you hope you'll draft a few more. But you can't draft for position; you got to draft for player. Yeah. yeah. Um, now. If you get Boiler, that's great. But. And yeah, and you hopefully you get Boil, and and hopefully you can hang on to him. So here's here's the 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 wild card for me is JVR. I don't see any way that the Leafs can re-sign him, and really I don't see how how it's going to be smart. I, I think that you've got to have Nylander, Matthews, and Marner under contract. Nylander is up at the end of next season. Matthews and Marner the season after that. So you got to have those guys locked down and locked down for a while, right? You don't want to do the bridge three-year deal and then pay them Subban money. You want to pay them now, and you want to you want to bring hopefully negotiate them all down a little bit so they all, they all can stay together, right? And then you have Gardner, who's up after the after this year uh, or this coming year, I believe. Pretty sure. Have a look. No, no I no, think no. he's just signed until 2019. Is that what he signed till? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then uh, obviously you've got Kadri locked up, Morgan Riley's locked up. You're going to have to re-sign Nikita Zaitsev. Sounds like they're well on the way of doing that. <coughs> Connor Brown and Zach Hyman. Are they up this year? Yeah, they're up this year. Uh, RFAs, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think H- you can get- Hyman's is an interesting one because you had him on your sort of top line, but he didn't get a whole lot of points. I and- think they get they get... I don't think they get much more than two million bucks. Those two. I think that's probably right. Um, so okay, so it's fine. Like it's that's manageable. Um, is JVR a decision you, you have to make until trade deadline? You don't. Year? You don't. But here's the thing: when you're at trade deadline and you're doing well, okay, because you assume that the Leafs are going to do well. I'm not. I'm not saying how well. You just assume. Listen, they made the playoffs this year. It's a fair assumption to say that they'll be in the mix next year. Why would you trade a guy that's already entrenched as a part of the team? At trade deadline, when you're going to the playoffs, so at that point, to you me, don't. you don't. Right. So here's the here's your hold on, but here's okay. your option. Pension plan puppets suggested this. You want to up JVR has trade value scored thirty goals this year, right, or twenty nine, yes. whatever it was. Along there. So he's got he's got value already. Power forward. If you retain 
on his salary. JVR is a 30 goal, $2.2 million player. Now, there's you a. You better get the sun and the moon. Exactly. And that's why I think here's the thing we know the Leafs have cap space to spend. Why not retain, trade, and get that, get the guy you're looking for, whatever the guy yeah. is? Do we have cap space? I think we I do. Don't I don't think it's as much. Well, it's not as much as we it. think. Yeah, it's not have- Shattenkirk. Cap space that everybody thinks we have. And we don't we have know the overage kicking in. We don't know what's yeah, going to happen. That's, that's not huge, guys. It's not like no, and they're you know they're losing a lot with those Marley's guys heading out. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with Eric Fair. We don't know Roman Polak's off the books. Re- resigned. Hunway's Is off he? the books. I'm not sure. Well, if Roman Polak comes back, it will be for less money. I. And now you've got a guy, now you've got a Roman Polak who's, <laughs> and I hate to be cold about this, Roman Polak blew out his knee. That's the true, already too. slow Roman Polak has blown out his knee. That's true, too. You know and what He was, was a warrior for you. He was a great player for you. But do you, and yeah. I, I'm being cold when slow, here. When slow defensemen get slower, it's not good. But here's, so the point I'm trying to make is this. You know who wasn't that bad and then he got hurt? Mark Fraser. Okay. Yeah. So here's, here's the point, though. Bringing it back to James Van Riemsdyk, mm-hmm, if sure. you retain on him, who's a team that needs to make a run at it, who can't afford James Van Riemsdyk, but might be able to squeeze him in at 2.2? Are going to give him to Pittsburgh again? I or don't think, Chicago. My thought was Chicago. <laughs> oh, there you go. My thought no! was Chicago. Now, I don't know what you get no! back. I don't know what you get back. I don't know if they have any defensive prospects. I, haven't look- I didn't have time to look into that because I read the article this morning. Ironically, his brother. <laughs> oh, you don't get. You got to get more than Trevor Van Riemsdyk. Dude. Trevor Van Riemsdyk is the third pairing guy. Richard Ponick. No, I. Uh, and also, now, you wouldn't trade brother for brother. Probably just wouldn't yeah, happen. That'd be, that'd be mean. Now, I or Anaheim. That makes some sense because you. They are going to need to. They do need to make a move on defense. Anaheim is literally as close to the cap as you can get. Hampus Lindholm is signed. Internal Cam Fowler has, has upped his game. I wouldn't buy high on Cam Fowler, but no, I would someone else. But I would get somebody. For, I would. I would call Anaheim. I would call Carolina. Carolina is an interesting prospect because they could actually afford to re-sign him and having him at a reduced rate. And I know that they're they're looking at you know they're. I think they they thought Noah Hannafin would be better. I think Noah Hannafin's on the trade block, guys. Now, I- ignoring what it's all for. Um, can the Leafs replace JVR internally? I don't know if they can replace that production right away, but on the wing, look at what they got. Look at the season Josh Levo had. He had more points than games. He only played nine games. Yeah, fraction (laughs) fraction of a season that he had. Um, Seth Griffith looked great on the Marlies. Kirby Reichel looked great on the Marlies. Kasperi Kapanen? Andreas Johnson. Well, I was going to get to Kasperi Kapanen. Who, Who's an NHL player? Like this is all interesting. Like Kapanen's performance at the end of the season and in the playoffs made me go, "How does Soshnikov make this team next year?" Hmm. Soshnikov was in the lineup ahead of Levo because of the penalty kill. Kapanen was decent on the penalty kill. He was. How does Sosh stay in the line? And I cannot bring myself to get past the fact that Sosh had nine points. My uh-huh. one he was playing with he, Ben Smith and Matt Martin. That's man. my one regret is we didn't get to see a lot of Sosh Boyle. Or did we get any? I don't know. I don't know if I we remember. got any. 
That's a hard one, man. That's mm-hmm. a. You know what? I think the Leafs are going to make more changes this summer than we think because I think that was the plan all along. The plan all along, if you go with – because the Leafs said today they'll, they'll stick to the Shanna plan. I think trading JVR has to be part was of it. always part of the Shanna plan. Mm-hmm. With Bozak, I think it was a wait-and-see thing, and it does make some sense to keep him. JVR, you look at the Leafs' strength. It's the wing. They have scoring wings. You look at what you can get something for. Well, and, and here's – okay, so you talk about, okay, you lose you lose the 30 goals, right? You lose the 30 goals and the whatever assists. So I, what did you, get? you got about 60 points this I year, right? I 60. So that was about 30, 30. So, that, you know, that's a lot. And you lose that net presence, which he brought, which, you know, they don't necessarily have to replace. However, James Van Riemsdyk is, can we just be honest, terrible on defense? He's disappointing on a lot of nights. And when, what was it, the Kessel-Bozak-JVR line scored a lot of goals for the Leafs, but I believe that, did they not allow more than they scored? I believe so, yes. So, if you get a strong defenseman, get Mitch Marner a finisher. Okay, you get yeah. you get a strong defenseman. You still have you still have the so maybe you can't replace the thirty goals, but what happens if you can lock down lock out fifteen to twenty more, and then oh, and then oh. replace it with a twenty goal score? What if Kapanen gets fifteen and you can stop twenty more? Then all of a sudden that gap is different. It's totally different. And your defense is a year better. Like I just look at all the. Possible moves the Leafs could make. I look at who they can and can't replace and to what extent. Uh, they can get a lot for JVR and they can replace him, I think. I feel bad saying that. I like him. I like him too. But that's their strength. And like I said it earlier, it would suck to see him in another yeah. jersey, but it I, also makes sense. They, they can't afford to trade a guy like Riley or Gardner. Mm-hmm. They can't afford to trade a guy like... Obviously, Matthews, but let's mm-hmm. go with Kadri. Uh, they can't afford to trade Freddie. Uh, they can afford to trade JVR. Well, and, and you look at a guy like Kasperi Kapanen, and imagine if somehow you could figure out a way, because he does, he makes, and I said it before, listen, he had a great series, mm-hmm. but he makes questionable decisions sometimes. Yeah. If you can get him to improve his decision making. Yeah. He's got all the talent. I look for the raw. Yeah, and, and he's this got the is raw. why I'm hesitant to get rid of Sosh too, because he's he's got the raw skill set. You can I, teach decision making. You can can't you teach, teach great skating. Can you teach Soshnikov to do some of the things that JVR does offensively? Can you teach him to be a bastard in front of the net? Oh, I think I think so if he wants it, because he's been the guy on the rush, like on the Marlies and on the Leafs. He's he's been the driving force of his line. How big is he? Not not huge. That doesn't matter too much. Six though. or six one, but like a slender frame. I think I'm buck ninety. I think you can. See, we're doing it again. We got we're getting back to our roots where we talk about the Marlies. <laughs> uh, I just think there's there's like if you could get like imagine a Kasperi Kapanen, like a Kapanen Bozak Marner line, or a Kapanen Matthews. Uh, Nylander line. And and you talk about, like, Zach, what Zach Hyman brings, he goes and he wins puck battles. Mm-hmm. He goes and gets the puck. And and make no mistake... Gets a lot of Daryl Boyce assists. Did he not? Yeah, listen, he, he he may have underperformed in terms of points production this year, but he always wins the puck battle. He I always does. I want him does. on my team. I don't necessarily know where I want him on my team, but I want him on my team. But I like, I like a Zach Hyman with... I like him with Matthews, because I still think... That line's like, it ain't broke, don't fix it. 
Mm-hmm. But what about if you were to put him with Komarov and Kadri? What about if you were to put him with Marner and Bozak? God, that's so annoying. Like, imagine, <laughs> imagine a Komarov, Kadri, Hyman line. That's oh no my fun. God. Imagine, imagine Kasperi Kapanen with those with Kadri and and Komarov. I think that makes a lot of sense. Well, everybody, welcome to the next two months of the show. I'm just saying. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> um, we ha- we have to get to the press conference quickly. Let's yes. do it. The presser. conference question for adam it says at adam specifically okay I and was there an at button or at there was there's a little somebody put symbol. shift two. they did shift two. okay um i'm moving out of my parents place this weekend good for you any tips on moving slash buying furniture as the man who's moved 800 times i've only right. done it once uh, I have moved 800 times. I calculated it when I left Calgary and moved into my mom's house again. Mm. I had moved in eight years. I think it was 12 plus times. I have never had an apartment where I signed a lease and stayed the whole time because of breakups, because of radio, because of every, I've never, never once. Um, so here's the deal. Okay. Uh, you're not going to have a lot of money. So, uh, and, and chances, if you're moving out of your parents' place, Company's not moving you, right? So you got to move your own stuff out. That's fine. Uh, get as many friends involved as you can. Buy them pizza and beer. That's important. That's number one. You need a team of people to help you. Okay. We helped uh, someone move on the weekend, and because there was like fifteen of us, it was super efficient. Flew through it. It was a lot of fun. Yep. Good chance to hang out with your friends. So if you got good friends who are reliable, get them to show up early. You'll be done by two p.m. Boom. You won't have a lot of stuff. Um, number two, the most important thing that you can do when moving is getting your house to functional. So wherever you're moving to, you will find that if if you add stress to yourself, if you don't have internet ready, if you can't find dishes, that sort of thing. What functionally do I need every day? Focus on that first for your unpacking. Get your kitchen get your kitchen set up, get your internet set up, your TV, and obviously your bed. Those are the first 3 things that you worry about. You know, bathroom, yeah, you need a toothbrush and some deodorant. But what else do you need beyond that, right? It's like mm-hmm. it's – and then start to – you know, it, the rest of it takes time. But get get that functional yeah. spot first. Figure out what you need on day one. Our yeah. buddy screwed up. Have you been reading the text? Yeah, he, he can't find uh, – Can't find his drill. He needs his drill right now for these first few days uh, where he moved to. He needs his drill, doesn't have his drill. Can't find it. Can't find it. If there's anything essential you need in the first two or three days, you pack it yourself and you put it in your car. You don't put it in the moving truck. You put it in your car. Causes extra stress if you can't. And you won't. The thing is, is that stress, uh, if you can't find that stuff, it it colors uh, negatively the place you've moved into. Because you go, because I've moved into this place and I can't find this and I'm not, I'm always hungry. I can't or I can't, I'm always spending money on food because I can't cook because I can't find my pots and pants. That stuff's important. So make sure you do that because you don't want to put undue stress on yourself early on. Uh, The last thing I would say is uh, make sure, if you can, get in and clean the place before you move into it. It's so important that you, like, you're going to move couches and you're going to move beds and you're going to do that stuff. Give the... Give that damn carpet a vacuum, and if you can, rent a steamer from a local grocery store for 20 bucks and steam the carpet. Trust me, because summer is coming, and guess what happens with carpet in the summer? It gets hot, and the smells come out. 
and that's fun. Mm. So you want to make sure that you get in there, just clean it up because you you will it will make you feel like the place is yours because it will get dirty, but you'll be like at least it's my dirt. At least it's my dirt. I created it, so I'm comfortable in my own filth. And you need to work on self-confidence. Sorry, uh-huh. I feel like we're always giving like anyway, life advice. That's those are just <laughs> no. the things that help me. Those are my three things. Bradwell. Bradwell? Bradwell. I just want to congratulate you on your all-star appearance on the (laughs) lacrosse team in the United States. Hey, guys. Would it be all right if I started the Steve Dangle podcast podcast where I listen to the podcast and then talk about what happened? (laughs) So it would be like a S-D-R, Steve Dangle reaction. You're going to have to talk to my buddies Justin and Nate who already have that. It's called Full Strength. Uh, You should check it out. It's a good show. Uh... They talk I, about hockey, wrestling, and us. So I think, I think Bradwell should definitely start this. I agree. And I will Go give ahead. it a listen. I would listen. First episode. Yeah, man. Do and it. Probably never any other episode. I freaking but love I'll that. Listen to the first one. I love it. Listen to. It. I, I would do it. I would do it. Go ahead and do it, man. I actually, I should shout out Justin. He introduced my wife and I, and we started dating ten years ago today. Oh, congratulations on your 10-year metaversary. Metaversary. What's the next thing you think Mrs. Dangle will trip, fall, and buy? That's from Floman. Another dog. Another dog. I I told her, I go, I go, I love everything you've bought recently. I love the experiences you've given us. We need to cool it. We need to cool it for a little bit. So I think we're going to have a relatively, we, we got to, we got to chill this summer we we have enough tickets already we've only got 12 blue jays games to go to so she sold th- uh three or four pairs recently oh, so good. that was good oh, she sold them for, for, for face, value? Va- face value so okay. that's fine mm. fair um um <laughs> you're lucky you got that yeah Honestly, yes we are the mlb's yep. worst team uh, it was 20 bucks a ticket but i was like okay we got we got some tickets that's good we have too many weddings this summer to be able to like afford to go on a crazy trip we might do like a road trip like in the car, going out east so or something. Expensive. Caprice and yeah. I haven't even bothered even looking at. Well, you guys are in the winter, so like at least we get a little extra prep time. It's when they're back to back. Oh to no, back no, to I'm not talking about our back. wedding. I'm talking about like going on a vacation. We're just not. It's, it wasn't even a question. It was like, yeah, we won't. Be oh, here. like a honeymoon. Well, yeah, we haven't even booked. We haven't talked. To, we haven't started talking about that. Don't wait too long on that. Don't wait too long on that. That's that was what my parents always warned me of because they went on like a mini vacation. They took a train ride to Quebec City uh, after they got married with plans of going on another trip at some time in the near future. And then you popped up. Well, then their next trip, the next time they were on an airplane, is when they went to Jamaica. I think it was three years ago. Wow. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Twenty five years. Wow. Flying had changed. Yeah. Or, or, I think it was. No, it might have been more. It was close to 30 years before they had their honeymoon. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So be careful. Okay. Oh, um, uh, Jesse. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's make a prediction now. Will the Dangles have their second dog by Christmas this year? Yes or no? 100% yes. No. You think yes? Yeah. Guaranteed. See, I think I I love Steve, and I know he's going to fight this. But I think he might get overruled on this one. Like, I think it might just pop into your I lap. Don't, I All don't right. think it's a choice. Yeah, I think it's a choice either. One? Yeah. I think it's more of she's I think just going to go give you a power. It. She's going to power move you, man. No. Pucker factor. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. 
pucker factor. Something that Pierre Maguire said a lot, and it made me uncomfortable. What does that mean? I don't know. Everything pucker factor. Pierre Maguire made that. He said it a lot, and I saw a tweet being like, I wish Pierre Maguire would just stop saying pucker factor. It's making me weird. Um, Can you believe he said pucker factor? I think um, Babcock said it first, sure. and then Pierre picked it up. I don't think you have a choice. I think she'll go out and do it one day, and you'll come home, and there'll be a dog. It's a unilateral decision. That's what you think. Did you have a choice when you got your first bird? First bird? Yes. What about the second bird? No. Um, Did you have a choice when you got your first dog? Yes. Second Did you have dog. A choice when you got your first pack of Jays tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Shit! <laughs> I think they're gonna have another dog by oh, Christmas. No, Definitely. no. Well, they've got a backyard for that's totally fit. Yeah. No. No. Okay. What I've tried to tell her is we already have four dogs. We have Iggy and we have the three neighbor dogs that always come over because we literally ripped a hole in the fence so they wouldn't dig under it. Yeah. Yes. We at at any given point, and they come in the house. Yeah. They come it's, in the it's house. It's like a we Christmas the story that Bumpus' dogs. <laughs> yeah. At any given point. Especially because the summer's coming up, we could have at least three he- dogs in our house. Here we go. So what's one more? What's one more? Yeah. God damn it. No. They're gonna get another dog. Yeah. We're not getting another You're dog. Another dog. No. Do you think you'd get a rescue dog, or do you think you would do? I'm kind of insisting on a rescue. She really wants a golden doodle again, which you can rescue those. I kind of do too. They're very hard. They're very few and far between. Mm-hmm. Most of the dog because we've looked at dogs. We've like emailed and done some calls. Okay, hold on, hold on. I know. You're not getting a dog, but you've looked at dogs. Just to see. Uh, I know. We're getting a that's fucking like, dog. That, that's Mark it. Bergevin saying, oh, we picked up the phone with PK Subban, but we're not going to mm-hmm. trade him. Mm-hmm. You're Mark Bergevin-ing right now. It's yeah, happening. When, when Subban and Mark Bergevin used to hang out, who are you texting, Mark? No one. <laughs> <laughs> no one. Um, no, but like Golden Doodles are... Uh, they're very few and far between. And the problem we're having is so many rescues, they're like, uh, like it says in the description, cannot live with another dog. Oh, yeah. That's, well, that's a huge yeah. problem because well, we was, have another dog. That was so. our, our, our experience was that if you are going to rescue a dog, make sure. And I, I made, there was a lot of dogs I had to cross off the list. They're probably great dogs, but if it said no kids or no kids be under the age of 12, well, I'm, I'm probably going to have kids one day, so I can't get that dog. And that's another one that we looked at, too. So... You know, doesn't get along with other dogs. I don't. I don't. I mean, dog bites my kid. Like Jesus Christ. No, like, dog's so, gone. See you. Bye, dog. Yeah. So, and I don't want that to happen either. So, like, once I have the dog, I want to have it. So, mm-hmm. I, and I also don't know. hypoallergenic makes sense in a lot of cases. Like we had a. Uh, I will never begrudge people for getting. Um, and I, I say this as a, a person who rescued a dog. If rescuing works for you, if you can make it work. That's what I were, that's the uh, avenue I recommend. Ooh. However, <laughs> yeah, if it sir. doesn't work for you for whatever reason, I don't want you to get I wouldn't want you to rescue because if you rescued the wrong dog and then turned it back in again, you're doing damage to the dog, which happens to people because yeah. they don't pay attention to this stuff. Well, and here's my personal so experience. I didn't grow up with dogs. I grew up hating dogs. I got bit by a dog when I was very young and I was afraid of dogs for a very long time. It took me a long time to get over that fear. My wife Love dogs, but never had one. So neither of us were dog people. Then we bought a puppy, and it was a fucking angel. And now we're dog people. So because of this dog that we bought, and we're evil because we bought, you're not. We'll evil probably that. rescue. Yeah. In the future, well, multiple you, times probably. The, so the great thing about Iggy, if you do rescue, is if you get an anxious dog like Bindi was, uh, and Bindi is not even close to what she was. Like six months from you know from the rescue point to later on, they are a completely different dog. 
but what you have is another dog. And that's really great because Iggy is happy and well-adjusted and he will be able to lead that dog. And that's that's the great thing. If you can find a dog that's cool with other dogs, yeah. they will it will decrease the anxiety tenfold because you have the dog. Bindi and Iggy. Friends forever. Friends forever. Until she gets street on him. And then Iggy's like, I'm okay, I'm sorry. And that's, then, <laughs> nah, that's only for a second. She gets a little she gets a little nippy sometimes. I'm like, you need to chill. Yeah. That dog can end you. Yeah. Um, no. No, he cannot. <laughs> Doesn't have that killer thing, instinct. No. Yeah, well, yes, he does for bunnies. T- to me, Iggy, <laughs> is, Iggy is you in dog form. It's me in dog form. Yeah. A pushover. No, just a pushover hap- happy and... Neutered. And... and <laughs> Getting a second dog? Anyway, I, what are you going to name your second dog? That's a good question. Who? who what NHL are you naming it after? Well, because uh, it makes she, sense to have Iggy and Crosby. You're not going to name it Austin? Austin. Austin! Yes. I don't know. It's got to. It's got to match the oh. dog. We'll see. We're not getting another dog, okay? So we'll never have to know the answer. Willie's a good name. Just saying. Going out there. Anyway, we'll see you on Thursday. Bye. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at Panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness.